Dress for less, and I am so excited because today we have another listener episode, quarantine edition. We have got incredible stories. We've got Molly telling a story uh, that involves dogs and a, a very fast-running uh, ghost. We've got Moe, who is a uh, witch and has all kinds of stories. We've got Jeremy that has one of the most beautiful but kind of creepy ghost stories I've ever heard. That's just an adorable love story at the same time. And Emily, who, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, the one that can diagnose somebody as a psychic, but Emily has some stories that have some sort of uh, clairsentient kind of uh, vibes to them. Clairsentient. That's a good drag name. All right. Let's get on with the show. <gasps> There's a ghost in my house. Hello, Molly. Hi, Roz. Where are you, Molly? I am in Pensacola, Florida. <gasps> Ooh, I hope you're staying out <laughs> of those beaches. You know I am. I'm here at home almost all the time. Oh, that's great to hear. Um, well, speaking of being at home, you tell me that you have a story about house sitting, which yeah, I've done. Do. I've done a lot of house sitting in my day, and I am. I mean, I'm always house sitting for houses that are bigger than the one that I live in. So it mm-hmm. always just makes me think of how many rooms a ghost could be in. <laughs> uh, so I just am full of anxiety every time I'm house sitting. So please scare me so that I'll never want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have not house sat since then. Um, but I mean, I just I haven't been asked. You know, I was a college student then. It was about um, I think about twelve years ago. So it was it was a little while ago. I'm 32 now, so I was still in college, and um, I'm a violinist. And at that time, I was teaching lessons just on the side. You know, getting through college, and. There was this really, really sweet lady that had signed up to take lessons with me, and she was, you know, about my mom's age, and she wanted to start learning. So she was an adult beginner, which I really love, and, you know, she was a great student. She practiced, (laughs) and, you know, was making good progress, but she had had some trauma in her life because she had a daughter who was... um, really close to my age who had passed away like a year before that. So when she was in lessons with me, we spent a lot of time talking. And at first I I kind of felt a little uncomfortable with that because it's not usually the dynamic, uh, you know, during a violin lesson, but she was, you know, an adult beginner, like things were just a little bit different. She was really, really sweet. And we kind of bonded. And as we got to know each other, I kind of, um, grew to assume that I might remind her of her daughter a little bit. Uh, and yes. I, yeah. So I, I may have felt a little conflicted about that, but she was a really sweet lady. 
and we had a good time and lessons together. And she, um, after she'd been taking for a few months, she said that her husband and her were trying to sell their house. Uh, he was a Navy chaplain. So he had gotten a position elsewhere in this state and had to go ahead and move to start that position. So she was hanging out here in town in their house by herself. And I, I actually think that's one of the reasons she started lessons because she was kind of bored and probably a little bit lonely. But she asked me to house sit her house. Her house was in like this really nice neighborhood right by the college I was attending. And she offered me $25 a day for like one or two weeks each time. And she had a couple really sweet dogs. So it was, you know, uh, so like, yeah, of course, I'd love to. And she was super sweet and stopped, like asked me what my favorite foods were and stocked the fridge and pantry. And it was like, this is freaking awesome. <laughs> And so, yeah, the first time that I went to sit, um, I was trying to think what kind of dogs they were. I knew one was an Airedale, like the, you know, like the big fluffy kind of curly doggies. Oh um, yeah. Those are cute. Yeah. And I can't, I just can't remember what the other dog was, but they were both big and old and really sweet. Um, yeah. So most of what I did there was taking care of them. Right. So the first time that I went over to house sit, um, everything was cool. Like, I think it was a week that time, you know, I was just doing a lot of homework and practicing and playing with the dogs and going to school. And like, it was all good. And it was fine. And she paid me at the end. And that was great. And I was like, I hope she asked me to do that again. And she did. So I was like, cool. So then the second time, um, and I don't think I said this yet, but this is a big house. It was a five bedroom, three bath house, so two stories. And it was, you know, like on a golf course, you know, kind of like nice new build kind of situation. Um, I think the house was built in the 90s. So it's not like, you know, this is like some old Victorian creepy, creepy kind of house. It was just kind of a normal new Florida big house. <laughs> I guess this is the best way I can describe it. But anyway, okay. the second time, the second time I went over there. Um, you know, I had my own little guest room, which was upstairs or one bedroom downstairs. And then the rest were upstairs and she just kept all the other doors closed. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to be a snoop. Like I, I was like, maybe she has like a nanny cam. Like, I don't want her to like review the footage or so. I was paranoid. <laughs> I didn't want to look in the mm -hmm. other room. I was definitely curious, but I was able not to look in them, but. I had my bedroom upstairs and then a bathroom right across the hall. And there was bedrooms to the right and to the left and another one down um, closer to the stairway. So I'm falling asleep at night and I definitely had vibes, you know, but I, you know, I was 20. I hadn't had a whole lot of creepy things happen to me until this point. There are a couple little things um, when I was a kid that I look back on now and think are really weird, but. At this point, I wasn't like, oh, I hope this house isn't haunted. Like, I kind of wasn't thinking about it. But I was, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was creeped out a little bit just being alone in this big house. So I would leave the TV on when I was going to sleep just to, you know, have like something going on, I guess. So I'm falling asleep. It's like right at that point where I'm probably about to go to sleep. And I hear there's this closet next to my bed and I hear this big bang. Like it sounded like something falling and hitting the back of the door of the closet. So, you know, I kind of jump up in, in bed. I'm like, Whoa, like confused because I was just falling asleep. And, you know, I took that minute of like 
do I, what do I do? I'm like so scared. And, and it took a deep breath and open the, turn on the light, open the closet door. And there was straight up nothing in there. Oh. It was just like a couple of pillows up on a shelf toward the back of the closet. Otherwise totally empty, nothing in there at all. And it's, I even took my hand and slapped the back of the door to try to recreate the sound. And it sounded just like what I heard. Oh my God. I'm so, I have goosebumps. <laughs> anyway, I just was like, you know, I still have to be here for a few days. Maybe it was the ice maker downstairs. <laughs> like whatever. I just have to, it's probably fine. I was falling asleep. Maybe it was on the TV. I don't know. I was trying to rationalize it and just get through. So that was uncomfortable, but it didn't bother me too much by the time that I left. So then um, she asked me to house it a third time. And there are four times total. I probably should have pulled it after the third time. But uh, the third time that she asked, um, I said yes again. And this is going to be, I think, for less than a week. It wasn't going to be very long. So everything's fine for a few days. Then, again, I'm in the bedroom trying to fall asleep. TV is on. I'm getting sleepy. My eyes are closing. I'm probably drifting off. And then I hear a huge sound that was in the room behind mine, like at the end of the hall. And the sound was, it, it was like somebody kicked over a bookcase full of books. And like, it was like a big, like thud. And then like a tumbling kind of rumbling sound, like a bunch of stuff was just going everywhere. Like a, (laughs) (laughs) and so that really freaked me out. Uh, I remember it just took a long time to kind of get up, turn on the light. And I was like, I I mean, I have to look in that room because it sounds like something just fell over. So I. But wait, where were the dogs at this point? Oh, so the dogs are also not reacting at all. They sleep downstairs in the living room and these dogs bark at everything right I mean every little thing any little squirrel or bird outside anybody walking by the house they're going absolutely nuts but when these two things happened with the closet and now with the bedroom in the middle of the night they didn't do anything they I just presumed that they were still asleep I mean but also those dogs (laughs) they've been listening to a woman learn how to play violin for the past couple of months (laughs) they're probably a little desensitized to to crazy noises (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're you're right and they were old so maybe they're a little bit deaf and a little bit like everything sounds terrible in this house <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> they see squirrels outside and they're going crazy because they want to be outside they're sick of these noises <laughs> yeah beginning violin is um is not for the faint of heart for sure <laughs> to listen to or to play good grief So yeah, the dogs didn't seem to notice at all, but I made my way into the hall and opened the door of the, uh, the room that was behind mine, which was all the way at the end of the upstairs hall where I was staying. And first of all, I turn on the light and nothing is out of place at all. There's nothing that's fallen over. Everything is like immaculate. It's really clean. There's a lot of stuff in there, but everything's in its place. And I start looking around and I realize this is the room where she keeps all of the stuff that belongs to her daughter that had died recently, like toys and books and quilts and prom dresses, the um, 
guest book from her funeral, like notes from wow. friends was all in there. And I even looked in the closet. I mean, nothing fell down. So I didn't feel great about that, but <laughs> I had this thought like, well, maybe, you know, maybe her energy is like in her stuff. Maybe she's kind of here in some capacity and I'm just a stranger in her house. Like maybe I would right. be trying to, you know, make a noise too, if I were her or something like that. So I just remember talking to her out loud. I was like, okay, um, it, I'm cool. Don't worry. I'm not trying to do anything weird. I'm just house sitting for your mom. Like, I'm, I'm sorry you died. And I just kind of talked out loud like that anytime I felt creeped out for the rest of that time. And I guess I was kind of comforted by maybe the thought that it was her and, you know, not like a demon or something. Yeah. So did but, it stop after that? No, no. Okay. So <laughs> once I had decided that that was probably her daughter, she asked me to house it again. And I said, yes, again. <laughs> and this oh last time I, um, I did not house it anymore after this time because the weirdest thing that I've ever experienced happened. So um, just like the other times, everything was good for the last few days. And then, or the last, uh, the first few days I was there. And then the last night that I was to be house sitting, I was downstairs in the kitchen cooking some dinner and I heard the dogs in the other room barking, which was, you know, normal. They barked a lot. They usually wanted to go outside. So I, you know, reached a point where I could go in there and let them out. And I went to let them out, but they were not by the door. They were in like the front part of the living room, just kind of in the middle of the room. And I was like, you want to go out? And they didn't. So I just went back into the kitchen. And they kept barking and they started to like snarl and just like get mm. really agitated. And I go back in there and they are like jumping up at the ceiling, like pawing toward the ceiling, barking at the ceiling. Mm. So, oh, it's always freaks me out to talk about. <laughs> I, um, you know, this house is in a pretty chill neighborhood. The, like, I don't think that there's any way somebody would be in the house without me knowing because of the dog, you know, they would just absolutely, you know, just about knock me over every time I came into the garage, you know, they were, they knew it was going on. And I did not think that there was like, you know, somebody had broken in or something like that. But as I was in there looking up at the ceiling, the dogs stopped barking and I hear footsteps upstairs. <laughs> I, I guess where we were in the house would be that just to my left looking up would be like that room at the end of the hall where all of the daughter's things were. And it would do kind of a little rainbow shape and over to the top of the stairs, which were to my right. And what I heard was very slow footsteps that went from that end of the hall to the other end of the hall where the staircase was and then turning around and going back toward the room and back toward the staircase and back toward the room and they got faster. It started off really slow and then it got a little bit faster, kind of like normal walking speed. And then I'm just, I, I'm just standing here like, Oh my God. Like this oh can't be real. God. This but were the dogs barking? 
did the dogs like go to the stairs or like what were the dogs doing at that point? The dogs at this point were standing right with me in the living room, looking up, following the sound with their noses. Like just like me, just kind of like looking from one end of the ceiling to the other. They weren't even barking. It's like we were all just standing there listening to the ceiling. So the, oh it, it got so fast. Like it was like a, like a run and then like a full sprint. And then like a inhumanly, it got so fast that it was like no human, like, like back and that's the second time I made that sound effect. But it's a great sound. I love it. <laughs> I guess it's my go-to. Who knew? Learning new things about myself every day in quarantine. Um, <laughs> but it's just, I mean, like superhuman speed, back and forth, 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 and then it just stops. Oh um, at which God. point, I was so, so freaked out. And I'm having this moment of like, this cannot be real because that is not possible. I know there's no one in here. And what would even that even be, right? And yeah, like if that was an I, intruder, they're not just gonna like sprint upstairs. No, and they would have had to walk past me in the kitchen, even if they did, unless they had been hiding there. But you know, I was pretty certain that nobody was in the house. Um, so I keyed in nine one one on my phone. You know, this is like a razor or something. <laughs> I and love that. I didn't, you know, press like you know, call, but I just had it ready to go just in case. I don't know if this is the right thing to do, but this is what I did. I put 911 on the phone and I like forced the dogs to go upstairs in front of me. And we went upstairs and opened every single door and every looked in every closet, looked every corner of the upstairs. And there, I mean, there was just nothing. Everything was normal. You are um, so brave. I, I, right. I do. Looking back, I'm like, I don't, I don't know why or how I even did that. That's really so did you stay the night? No, I didn't. I, okay. So it was such a big house. There was an AC unit for upstairs and for downstairs. So I don't know, maybe that's normal for two story houses. I don't know. I, I live in small houses, but up the, the owner, the lady had told me, you know, when you leave the feed, water, the dogs, let them out. And, um, turn the upstairs air to 75 degrees and turn the downstairs air to 70 degrees. So I did that. I just kind of like breathed myself through taking the dogs out, um, making sure they went to the bathroom, getting them food and water. And then I left locked up and went to my boyfriend's house for the night. Who's now my husband. And we were talking about it last night. And I was like, did I even tell you what happened? And he was like, no, I have no memory of that. You were just kind of like, I got a little freaked out. I, I couldn't stay there. I Can I come sleep over here tonight? Oh, wow. But the worst part is that when I woke up, you know, that was probably, I think this happened around 7 p.m. And I was probably at his house by 9. And I was back over at the other house by 7 a.m. to check on the dogs. And when I walked in, the, it was so hot. And both of the AC units had been set to 90 degrees on heat. Oh, wow. And I can't explain that. I just turned them back on to cool at, at the, you know, around 70 degrees. And it took a couple hours and it got a little cooler and the dogs were okay. And, and Did I, you ever um, talk to the woman about it? I didn't. And I, here's where I landed on that, you know. 
she did not say anything about anything weird happening when she asked me to house it, you know, and she was a very sensitive kind of conservative lady. You know, they were a Christian family and the house was actually owned by another Christian family, like a pastor of a really big church here. I, I don't know if they had it built, but he lived there for many years before then, which I think is kind of weird. Um, but I, I just figured, you know, either she would, have known that there was something weird and didn't tell me because maybe she would be embarrassed or didn't want to scare me or she didn't know that there was anything weird at all. And if I told her, maybe that would terrify her. You know, I just yeah, didn't feel like there sensitive. was a way. Yeah. So I never, you know, anything. like her daughter just died, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of hard yeah. to be like, Hey, I think she's a ghost. Um, yeah. But... Yeah. I think she got really mad at me too. I'm sorry. I, I just wondered, I'm like, was that that ghost and did she get mad or was it, I mean, to me, that felt really dark. Like that felt really scary and dark to come back and have the heat on. And it, it was like a very intimidating experience. Yeah. So I don't know if my narrative of it being her daughter um, worked anymore after that, you know? <laughs> Molly! <laughs> hey, Ross. How are you doing? I'm so good. You're like, um, you're in San Diego, just like me right now. Yes, we're practically neighbors, right? <laughs> well, I, um, you sent me an email that fascinated me. So you're a witch, and you've had all kinds of really interesting experiences. So I don't even know where to start. What is like <laughs> your go-to? Do you have like a go-to story? Um, I guess the go-to would definitely be the one, the, the hat man, the hat yes. man was. Okay. What's this about? So I worked in, um, in Pacific beach about five, I would say about, oh, more than five. Dang. I'm old. <laughs> Maybe like eight years ago. Um, I've lived in San Diego for about 10 years. And so, um, I worked, I was a prep cook, an overnight prep cook for a place in Pacific Beach. And so I'd go in at like 10 p.m. and work till about three or four. And um, and during this time, I was a student at uh, San Diego State. So like I was tired all the time. I'd go to school and then I'd go there, work at night and then be doing the next the next thing. And so um when I'd be there, I'd, I feel like I'd be really vulnerable. And especially because I told you I'm, I'm a witch. So like, I just was very vulnerable and open at the time. And so um, essentially, there was, I guess, I think there was someone you had um, previously that was talking about shadow people and hat, the hat man entity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, so essentially, I was working, it started, I would say, like a few months into me doing overnights. And there was this, essentially where I worked, I would, um, I'd be facing a wall and I would have music playing and I'm not someone that gets um, really scared of this stuff. Um, but um, I would feel this energy and out of the corner of my eye, like, you know, like everyone says, when they see shadow people, they see it out of the corner of their eyes. Well, um, I, saw it out of the corner of my eyes. And normally for the way I handle stuff like that is I just acknowledge it. And then I just keep going about, I, I feel like when things, when you acknowledge it, but you acknowledge that you're not scared, they kind of leave you alone. That's, 
kind of what I've experienced. And so I would so leave like, it that's alone. that's what they're looking for? Like, they're like, they want you to be scared. You're like, it's not working. And then they're like, ugh, okay, fine. I'll go to the next person. <laughs> yeah, they're like, girl, bye. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, that's how I feel. Um, and so I pretty much, this thing was inside. Uh, it was, I can make it out as like a tall, I would say like at least six, five. And it was like hovering kind of over, not over me, but like to the side. And it was in a doorway and it was kind of like peeking at me. And I was, I, I look and for the first few times I saw it, it would just kind of go away and I didn't think much of it, but then it started, I think because I wasn't scared, it kind of stuck around. And, um, so then there was one night where I was working and I would say it was about midnight, maybe close to one, like 1230. And so this, this thing he well i call it i say he because i saw it um as masculine presenting and so it had this big hat it was like very well dressed um kind of like charlie chaplin almost and i looked out of this you know looked at the corner and then i was just like okay so you're back and um then could you see like a face um kind of like it was it would be like looking I would say you could see a face, but like every time that I would look directly at it, it would disappear. But then when I would look away and I, I could see it again out of my peripherals, mm, okay. so it would show up. It was like almost an optical illusion almost. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, this is definitely like more than just a shadow person or shadow person, because I feel like those, um, the shadow people, they're more scared of us. Whereas like this hat man thing, I think that they, they're, they're a little more evolved. I say, I, I think like higher in the food chain. Um, mm. And so um, it kind of looked it like it wasn't going away. And then, so my heart kind of sank a little bit because I was like, okay, I'm about to have this like mental conversation with this thing. Cause that's kind of how I would talk to energy um, when I was actively, um, practicing a lot of witchcraft because I would say right now I'm non-practicing because I'm really busy with with work and stuff but um so at the time I was practicing and so essentially kept saying oh what's your name like what kind of witchcraft do you practice and do you wanna you want to do stuff with me and you know kind of asking more questions and I would just say no no thank you I appreciate it but no, thanks. I, I respect you. I respectfully decline and I go about my work. And so it would go away, but then it started becoming like every night it would show up and it would just keep asking me like, like a broken record. And so then I would, I would, I didn't, my coworkers, I never really like told them much about the stuff. Cause I feel like there's a certain connotation with, with being a witch Mm-hmm. And so I would, um, I would, I would just tell them, um, oh, hey, like, do you, um, do you like ever feel scared here at night? Or do you like feel things? And uh, they were like, uh, sometimes. And, you know, it was a, there's this, I worked with this younger couple that also worked at night, but not never at the same time as me. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I feel uneasy. There's this guy like, I kind of led into a conversation, pretty much asked them, like, do you guys see, like, a hat 
shadow person or a person like with the hat. And they were like, oh my God, have you ever heard of the hat man entity or have you ever heard of shadow people? And so I like, I knew of shadow people, but I've never heard of the hat man. And so they were like, yeah, the, sha- the hat man entity, he like, he's pretty much like crazy. You can look him up on YouTube. And so essentially like after that, I was like, okay, I definitely can't like, I should not even talk to this thing anymore because it's not going to leave me alone. And so I stopped acknowledging it over and over and it would just keep doing stuff to the point where it would start tripping the alarms in the, um, in the restaurant. And so it'd be like 1230 to one or two and all of a sudden the alarms would go off. And so like I'd freak out cause I'm there by myself and I grab like a kitchen knife, run to the front. Cause there's only one way into the restaurant. And so I was like, someone's breaking in. And so I kind of like run, but kind of peek and I'm a little scared and no one's there. Like there's no like broken um, windows or anything. And so um, then the security tapes they call or the security uh, people, they call the store and they're like, Hey, like we're the security. We're so-and-so. Um, can you give us the code? And I gave them the code and they were like, so um, can you describe to us what happened? And I told them, honestly, I don't know. Like I, I work here at night. My name's um, my, my legal name's Mauricio. So I'd be like, my name's Mauricio. I work for Papa Luna's and I'm here every night. I don't know why the alarms went off. And they're like, okay, like no worries. And so it would do it a lot. So then my boss like would ask me, he's like, what's going on at night? And I'm like, I don't want to sound crazy, but this stuff, like I'd explain what would happen. And he would, he'd be like, okay, that's kind of weird. But he kind of just like, uh, it dismissed it. And then the, the day that it really like, I guess overwhelmed me because I wouldn't say I was scared, but I was overwhelmed is that it was midday and I was, I had stopped working overnights because I was like, this is just too much on me. And I, I was there during the day with one of um, the other cooks, the day cook. And it was weird because I was working and then I look, I could hear the other cook talking and I was like, what, what are you doing? And he, and he kind of laughed and looked, he's like, no, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to other things. And other then my things. Heart, yeah. And so I was like, oh shit, my heart sank again. And then as soon as he said that, all the alarms went off. <gasps> and so all the alarms went off. Our manager like ran to the back. He's like, what happened? And so he went and like disabled the alarm, had a whole talk with the, um, with the uh, security people and then they came like I think a few days later and they were like yeah we don't know why it might be faulty and he my manager didn't tell them anything of course but then I talked to that day to the day um cook and I was like there's it I was pretty much told him I was like there's this fucking like hat man dude that I see all the time and I've talked to the other the couple and they said they see it and he's like oh he's like yeah I I didn't know you could like see it or, you know, and we kind of like talked about it and he's like, don't worry, it won't hurt you or anything. I'm like, well, I'm not worried. It'll hurt me. I'm just like, I want this to stop. And so he's like, no, don't worry. It will. And then after that, it like never happened again. 
What? Well, do, do you think that? Do you think that it was um, like a ghost that haunted the restaurant, or like you know a, a spirit or entity or whatever that that haunted the restaurant, or do you think that it was you know the result of something that you were doing, or like um, how? Where did it come from? I don't think it was nothing on my end because like anytime I'd practice witchcraft or like meditation or anything, I, it would be in the confines of my house. Um, and so I would never do stuff outside, but like one of, um, I guess <laughs> another side note is that, um, I had one of my good friends, his mom's a shaman. And so every time stuff like this would happen and I'd be in over my head, she'd be like, okay, like do this or do that. And then it'll help. And so I told her about this and essentially she said that um, it was older energy that was just there before the building was even there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that's why it's like, it, it kind of noticed what I was and started talking to me and because I wasn't scared it kind of into like tried to see how far it could go so when an energy like that like you were saying like it, it wanted to kind of like collab it was like looking for like yo, you want to you know do you want to <laughs> get some, on my mixtape yeah do, <laughs> do you want to like you know do some some witch stuff together um what 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 does an energy like that have to offer like what what can that what are they trying to do I honestly, I feel like it depends on like, it's subjective to the energy. I think, I think with that one, I think it was just trying to mess with me. I didn't feel like it was even really trying to like it. The demeanor wasn't serious. It seemed like a bully. And so that's why I, I did not, I did not partake. Whereas like, um, Whereas like, uh, I was telling you about how I have, I had like a spirit guide. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that, that energy of the, sp- of the spirit guide, um, it's way different. We're like, um, his name is Norman and we're Norman. He's like completely different. We're like, even just the way that it feels, it feels more inviting. We're like, this felt like the bully during lunch, trying to take my lunch money you know okay so what's the story with norman okay so with norman um so essentially norman is this energy that i i associate it with like celtic old like pagan energy and um around this time pretty much um i was before i started like heavily practicing witchcraft i was in a really bad like bad relationship has kind of toxic and thankfully I got out of it. Um, but I think after that I was kind of reckless a little bit and just was doing all this stuff. Couldn't care less about the repercussions and stuff like that. And so essentially one night I was doing, um, witchcraft and this, uh, this entity came to me like while I was meditating and it, came in the guise of like a big bear like uh have you seen brave oh yeah okay (laughs) so like uh merida's mom that's like kind of what it looked like and it was really tall and he just kind of came like in this like deep like trance he came up and like pretty much 
said like you need to stop doing this stuff and at first it really scared me but he just said like i'm i'm here to like not you should not be doing this stuff you need to like calm down you need to you know really like if you're gonna do this stuff you need to uh really focus your energy on your on your intent and just um you know be wary because things are always watching. And so, but like the catch is, is, is that I don't, I don't believe that energy, like the spirit, so to say the spirit realm, I don't believe that it has like, it doesn't subscribe to like our morality, like our human morality. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't believe in good or evil. Um, and I think it's because like, I, Whereas like with energy, I, I, I personally believe it's kind of like a food chain. So like, there's a lot of anarchy and it's just like, it can be overwhelming at times, but like, for instance, if you saw, you know, when people go in the safari and they see cheetahs and stuff and they see them eat prey and stuff, they don't think cheetahs are evil or they don't think lions are evil they they understand like oh that's just what they do they need to eat and i think that energy is the same way i just think that you know of course i wouldn't i practice witchcraft in the comforts of my home but of course i wouldn't be like zach baggins and go to some random ass um building that has a lot of trauma in the past and i wouldn't try to uh antagonize that energy because then you're gonna get of course you're gonna get a response I've been ghosted too. Hello, Jeremy from my home state of Michigan. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I mean, I get to hear ghost stories, so I'm excited about that. that that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm envious of all your ghost stories, but I do love listening to them. So good job with the podcast. I'm loving it. Thank you. So, okay, <laughs> you sent me a message saying that you have um, a bit you wrote a big story that is 100% real. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right, I'll be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I say that is because it's, it, I don't know, it's sort of like you could totally make a little movie out of this, I think. Um, so all right. This story is uh, it's kind of a, a surrounding my great grandparents in their house. Um, and this is in Michigan. Uh, Pinconning, Michigan, which is like on the Saginaw Bay on the east side of the state. Um, the house is a house that my great-grandfather actually built himself, which I actually just learned that this year. I was very surprised. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know when they got married. I, I'm assuming based on the pictures, it was probably back like the 1930s. Um, and they lived there their entire life. So... This happened late 80s into the early 90s. Um, I was younger, probably maybe eight-ish, eight, nine years old, somewhere around there when it started. Um, So my great-grandfather, he had um, passed away. And there was never anything weird or anything that ever happened in that house. I never had any odd feelings. After he passed away, is when everything started. Um, so the first thing was the, actually the day of his burial. So it was like the last day of the funeral. Everybody came back to my great grandparents' house, and out of nowhere, 
a parakeet flew out of just the sky. A parakeet? A parakeet. A par- okay. And so let me preface this a little bit too. My great grandmother loved parakeets. She always had one and I always remember her having them. And I always thought, it, I actually thought it was my great grandfather that liked them. So I always saw him playing with them and stuff, but uh, apparently it was her. She always liked them. She always kept them. And so, if yeah. anybody that has never been to Michigan or you just don't know this fact, those are not indigenous to Michigan. <laughs> no, no, not However, at all. However, I will add, a lot of people don't know about this place called Meyer. Do they have that in your part oh, of Michigan? Well, of course they do. They're everywhere. Yeah, okay. I have two to choose from in my area. <laughs> well, okay, I'm jealous. But I have tried to explain to people what Meyer is. And it's it's almost like Walmart, but like way better because yeah. you can literally get a head of lettuce. You could get... Uh, a haircut you could get a live parakeet uh, yeah they sell they sell birds and pet oh. fishes there as well yeah. as workout equipment sweatpants whatever you need they Clothing. have it all in one, a true one-stop shop okay so a parakeet that might may or may not have, have uh, escaped from Meyer. Es- yeah yeah you never know um yeah so it was weird it literally flew out of nowhere and it started flying at the windows of the house like it was trying to get into the house and yeah and they're all like you know my dad was now i wasn't there on this particular portion but my dad told me about this you know and they're all just like what the heck and they're all kind of laughing about it you know because they all knew that you know great grandma liked parakeets and they opened up the door to the house and it flew right into the house it landed it let them pick it up and they put it into a cage and they just joked. They're like, well, this here's grandpa. Here's great grandpa. He's back. You know? And, and it was kind of a joke, but at the same time, it was sort of like, ha 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 ha. No, this is really kind of weird. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So once that bird came into the house, that's when the weird things started happening. So, Again, my my great grandparents, they were old. I mean, when when my great grandfather died, I mean, he was probably in his mid to late 80s. And my great grandmother's right around the same age. Um, And unfortunately, her health kind of started to go down the hill a little bit. And my grandma and grandpa, they left their creepy little farmhouse, which that's whole other stuff. Um, And they came over and moved in there to help take care of her. Um, so I would go over there every once in a while. Um, at this point, um, my father, he was a truck driver and my parents are divorced. So there would be some weekends I would go over to my dad's and he might be gone and not come back until Saturday morning or something. So I'd stay with them and I stayed with them a lot um, around this time. And there was some nights where I, I don't know, you just, you know, when you had that feeling like there's somebody else there in that room, other than the people you see. You, you just sense it. And that was the sense that I got. And it was, you know, again, I'm kind of younger and it kind of creeped me out a little bit, but nothing had really happened at that point. So one night, I, I stayed the night. Now, here's the other part of the story. Um, my great grandparents got a grandfather clock. Now, not like a big one, not the kind that like, you know, you see in movies, but it's like one of the smaller ones, maybe like I don't know, two and a half, three feet high that they hang on the wall. Oh, okay. You know, but it still has the pendulum that swings back and forth. And it has that very loud tick, tick, 
tick noise to it. And it chimed very deep chime on every hour. And I think they, like I said, I think that was a wedding or a, I'm not, not wedding, an anniversary present. Like they, I think they got it in either the late sixties or the early seventies. And when my grandfather was alive, I would remember he would, you know, every once in a while, get up, open up the clock face and wind it up. Cause apparently it's that old. It was one of the kind that you would wind it up. And that was a common thing. He did it all the time. So one night, I stay the night. And I remember that night, too. I was a little bit creeped out because it sounded like somebody was walking through the living room. And, and you know, like how, you know, that sounds, you know, you can hear the floor creaks in a certain way when somebody mm-hmm. walks through. And I would hear that. And that was a little bit creepy. But I'm just like, it's just the house settling, whatever. It's fine, you know. And went to bed. That morning I woke up and I just woken up and I, and, and I noticed I'm hearing a noise and it's just this, this click, 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 noise. And I'm kind of woke up and it was coming from the clock. And I realized it was the sound of the clock winding up. Now it didn't freak me out a hundred percent yet because in my mind I'm going, well, maybe it does that. Maybe it'll wind itself a little bit every once in a while. You but know? yeah, you have to like put a key in there or whatever, right? Or yeah, like exactly. There's like, yeah, there's like a little wind up key that you have to use. Ooh. And it, there was no wind up key in it. You know, it wasn't in the little hole. There was nothing turning. Like I didn't see anything on the clock itself happening other than, you know, it was clicking and telling time. But it was making that wind up noise. And I was like, that's a little odd. So. Later on, I was down in the basement with my grandma and just out of the blue, like it's nothing. She's like, oh, did you hear grandpa winding the clock this morning? (gasps) Uh Uh-huh. Apparently this happened all the time. (laughs) Weird. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know, I, maybe I'm just making this up. I'm like pretty sure that a smaller grandfather's clock, they call a grandmother clock. Is it? Oh, I don't know. There's whoever started the clock industry put these weird gender <laughs> roles on the size of oh, clocks. Oh, so the smaller uh, ones, yeah, okay. See, so it's got to be the woman, apparently, huh? Apparently. So that's the grandma. <laughs> I believe so. Uh, I might be making that up. But, I, yeah, I have no idea. Wait, let me ask you this. So what is the parakeet doing all this time? Like, is the parakeet... It's, just, it's there. It's living. It's fine. It's doing its parakeet thing. So, yeah, so, so my grandma told me that, and then my, you know, I kind of probably went white, and, and that's when it kind of cemented everything to me, like, okay, there's some weird shit going on here. Now, I, you know, there's a part of me that's going like, okay, so if there is something weird going down in this house by a ghost, at least it's my great-grandfather. And he's not going to do anything that I would think, you know, to harm anybody or to be creepy on purpose or anything like that. So that was kind of like my own little way of trying to deal with that. And that was cool. But I still always was a little bit freaked out going in there, you know, especially staying the night. And there was, um, you know, and, and since then, there was a couple nights I would stay the night and I would hear that damn walking. And I would think in my head really loud. Grandpa, please don't do that. It scares me. And it would stop. And I remember there was one time we were sitting there, we were watching TV 
And I remember I looked kind of like the, 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 the living room is really, it's really weird. It's like the living room like spans almost the entire one side of the house. It's, it's a really odd design. I think back in the day, maybe half of it they used as a more of a dining area. I'm not sure. But I, we were like over kind of all the way over on one side. They kind of had a set up. The TV was over there and they had some like recliners and stuff. And I remember I looked back and like my grandma was on the couch across from me and my grandpa was in one of the recliners, but there was still one more recliner. Nobody was sitting in it. And I remember I looked back and like that recliner was like facing towards the TV and I looked away and then that dang clock started its winding a little bit mm. that was it, it wasn't a full-on it was just sort of like a click, click and immediately my blood turns cold and again i think really loudly grandpa please don't do that you're scaring me and it stopped so i feel like you know maybe if that's what was going on maybe he you know because i always kind of heard that you know you don't necessarily have to verbally say things for a spirit to really hear you yeah so i kind of you know and i never voiced anything you know, and my grandparents didn't say anything. I never really said it because I don't want to, you know, I didn't even really want to talk about it. Not when I'm sitting in there, you know, years later, now I can talk about it. But yeah, back then, uh-uh. And I remember I turned around and I looked back again and that damn recliner was facing in the opposite direction and nobody had gotten up. Nobody walked through or anything. So that, yeah, I saw that. I didn't see it move, but it was in a different direction, like not but five minutes later. And that really, uh, that kind of freaked me out too. So it was a lot of stuff like that. And it wasn't wow. always, you know, it wasn't always creepy. You know, as long as there was other people there, I was fine, you know, but it was like if, you know, everybody was outside and grandma would be like, you know, hey, can you go get some pop out of that creepy ass old basement, you know, and bring it out here and be like, uh, do I have to? You know? Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That basement. That's a whole nothing ever creepy happened in that basement. But Jesus, that basement was the creepiest thing ever. <laughs> uh, um, so anyway, so time goes on. Um, my great grandmother's health was really declining and my grandparents was, they had a really hard time being able to take care of her. So they ended up having to put her into a nursing facility so she could get the care that she needed. Um, so there was the, the kind of like, this is what this is all coming up to here. I was over there with my dad within my grandparents and we were watching a movie. And we noticed that the bird was acting funny. Like it was kind of like stumbling around, almost like it was dizzy or something. Like it wasn't acting right. And we took it out of the cage and kind of and set it down like on the table. And it was just kind of like it would kind of fall over and then get back up. And it was just acting really weird. Hmm. And it was sort of like an onset thing where we're all like, uh-oh. You know, like this, this, if. Everything that, you know, is in the back of everybody's mind is true, then this is probably not a good sign. So two days later, I think it was two days, just a couple days, um, my grandparents got the call from the nursing home that, hey, you guys better get over here because we think that she's probably going to pass soon. So they did and they went and uh, yeah, they were right. It, they, uh, she, she had passed. Um, they came home. And the first thing they noticed was that the bird was dead in the cage. <gasps> and then the grandfather clock, the time had stopped on the time of her death. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
So that kind of cemented it for everybody that, yep. Now, whether great grandpa was in the bird the whole time, I would, I don't know how that's going to work, but they pretty much were just like, he came back and he waited for grandma. And when she died, then they left together, which is really kind of a really beautiful story in its own way. Oh my God. That's like a a romance novel. I know. Maybe not romance novel, but it's like the notebook or something. Yeah, exactly. It's just a little more creepy. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I say like, it's so Hollywood-ish, but yeah, I swear to God that that is like, that's the big, weird, creepy story that happened in my family that I had a little bit a part of. Um, That is a good one. Wait, so did, how was the activity in the house after that? So the activity stopped after that. There really wasn't anything, but here's the weird part. So it's been, you know, it's been like, God, 20 years now. So my dad is actually, he's living there right now. My grand, my grandfather, he passed away from a farming accident in the early 90s, early to mid 90s. Um, and then my grandma lived there and there was never anything weird. Um now my grandmother, she unfortunately she has developed really, really bad dementia and she is and she's in care herself now. So my dad's there taking care of the house. So uh, gosh, how long has he been there? Probably like just over a year. So he actually, we uh I'm trying to think, but I think we had gotten together and he went home. Yeah, he went home. And that night he went home. He's back in that house and he texts me, Oh my God, I'm so freaked out right now. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on, you know? And so he said, so there's the kitchen. There's like a little bedroom off the kitchen, which is really just used for storage. They don't really use, I don't think anybody's even slept in that room in years. And uh, he said he was in the living room and he was in his recliner watching TV. He's got his his little dog on his lap, which cracks me up, by the way, because my father is this like 250 pound mullet, America loving <laughs> biker with tattoos and everything, you know, like total badass kind of guy. And he's got this little Maltese Shih Tzu that is like his third <laughs> child. So yeah. So she's on his lap and he's just sitting there and he said, all of a sudden, he said, it sounded like the door to that bedroom slammed shut with so much force that the walls shook in the house. And he jumped up and the dog went crazy and ran into the, into the, the dining or the kitchen and was going crazy and barking. My dad's looking around and he's like, you know, what the hell was that? You know? And he said, it sounded just like that door closing, but the door was closed. So he's looking around. He went down in the basement to see if there's anything. And there was nothing out of place. And he's like, Jeremy, I swear to God that it was that door. He's like, I know what that door sounds like when it gets closed and it was slammed. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Because that's like Whoa. the first time, yeah, that's the first time that anything weird had happened. And then he had something else happen again, I don't know, probably a few months ago, I think he told me, where again, he's like in the living room, he's like watching TV. And he said it sounded like um, somebody took like a, like a pizza pan or something and just dropped it, you know, from like five feet off the you know, floor. And it just hit the floor and made that noise. And again, dog went crazy. He's running around looking and there's nothing out of place anywhere. So he's had a couple of those experiences and yeah, that I don't know. I don't know where that would be coming from. And so, so like, but nothing was happening up until this. No, 
Wow, yeah. that's so weird. Yeah, it's just like out of nowhere. So yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of interested to know uh, what's what else is happening. I haven't talked to him like in a week or so, and I'll have to ask him next time if there's anything else that's happened. Usually he'll tell me because yeah. you know he's very into ghosts and all that stuff too. Um, so he's you know he will definitely let me know if something happens. But yeah, he had that those couple things happen there, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> Oh my God, Emily. Hello. Hi. Emily, where are you? I'm in Boulder, Colorado right now. (gasps) Have you been to the Stanley Hotel? I have. And it's it's crazy. It's really creepy. But um, I've actually been to three hotels in Colorado that I've had haunted experiences at. But oh my god. I took a I took a tour of the Stanley Hotel and um and like that was the least scary place that I've been. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> it was they, surprising. Was it it was it like a ghost tour or was it just like a tour of the property? Yeah, I went on um a ghost tour around Halloween and um I didn't feel any like weird vibes or anything anywhere. I didn't see anything. Um, the only kind of weird thing was when we were standing outside of the door that Stephen King stayed in when he got the inspiration, the inspiration for the shining. And, and, um, I felt like weird, like I was about to pass out, but that was Mm. it. (laughs) Interesting. So what happened at the other hotels uh so the first one that i went to um i was just driving back from spring break in california and um last minute i was with my boyfriend at the time and we decided that we it was like 3 a.m and we couldn't make the drive all the way back like four more hours so we were looking around um seeing if there were any hotels that still had last minute rooms open that we could stay in. And we just found like a really cheap room at, um, I don't, I don't even remember what hotel it was. It was just some chain hotel, like the holiday inn or something. And, um, and they had one room available and it was like super cheap. Um, especially because it was so last minute. And as soon as we, walk up to the door before we even go inside I felt like this really weird vibe like there was just something dark in that room and I'm sure it's like you know that feeling that I'm talking about yeah (laughs) and yeah and I didn't say anything because I didn't want to freak out my boyfriend and we were just exhausted and just wanted to go to sleep um And he fell asleep like right away. And I, for some reason, like I was so tired on the drive, but when I was in there, I could not fall asleep. And I got, um, I got these really weird, like flu symptoms all of a sudden, like I felt like I had a fever and I had a stomach ache and I was up literally until like six in the morning, just like blowing my nose and coughing and like, just like in so much pain all over the place. And, um, and then like, as soon as it showed up, cause it just, it just hit me out of nowhere. And then it just went away out of nowhere (laughs) at about like 
six or seven in the morning. And, um, and then when me and my boyfriend, we both like woke up and, um, I said to him that I didn't want to freak him out last night. So I didn't say it, but I have a feeling that there's something like dark in this room. Like it was haunted. And, um, and he looked at me and he was like, I didn't want to tell you this either, but I felt the exact same way before we even walked into the room. And, um, and he told me that he has like this really, really scary nightmare about, um, like being in a haunted house and like having to save this little boy from like all these demons and stuff. And, um, and he never has dreams ever. So the fact that he even dreams at all was super rare, but like, it was such a vivid nightmare that he remembered. And there was also like, there were mirrors all over the room, like two really big mirrors facing the bed, which I've never seen a hotel laid out like that. (laughs) I don't know why there's so many mirrors, but like, I... I've heard that mirrors are like, sometimes they're a, a kind of portal. <laughs> we were sitting there, like taking all of this information in and realizing that we were in a really haunted room <laughs> and we just booked it out of there so fast. I, it's so it was, funny how that was the only room. Like, I'm sure that they tried to get like people to stay in that room and they're like, mm, I don't like it in here. It's yeah. like the last one. That's like, the room that gives you nightmares and temporary flu. Yeah. And of course it was like at the end of the hall, like super dark, sketchy hallway. And, um, it was, it was weird. It was cheaper in person when we paid than it was when they told us the price on the phone. Yeah. They just Um, wanted to fill that up. Yeah. The, I had another experience in, um, a hotel in Boulder that was like, even more terrifying. Oh, okay. What <laughs> happened? Like, um, so it's the Hotel Boulderado and it's um, famous for being haunted. Um, and my good friend was staying there and I was, um, I was going to sleep over in her hotel one night. So we were just like hanging out and staying up late and um, we weren't like, really drunk or anything but we were just having a few drinks but like I was I was pretty coherent and um (laughs) like I'm saying that now because like this sounds like maybe I was just like tripping or something but I wasn't and um and neither were my friends like we were all like just a little bit tipsy and um we decided at 3 a.m that it would be a good idea to go ghost hunting (laughs) and just what happened so we looked up what the most um haunted place in that hotel was and it were these two rooms that were right next to each other and I think it used to be one room I probably should have looked this up beforehand but I'm actually looking it up right now the Boulderado you said right yeah it used to be one room and there was something like a double suicide in it and then they like split it up into two rooms so that that room that it happened in doesn't exist anymore because they uh 
they like redid the layout or whatever, but it's still like that area. Yeah. And um, so we were sitting in the hallway outside of those two rooms, just like waiting to see if we heard or saw anything. We're just sitting in silence. And, um, and like, it was just, it was dead silent in that area. And all of a sudden I hear the sound of like, um, like someone trying to open a locked door. And, um, I looked around and I didn't see any like door handles like moving or anything, but I heard the sound really clearly. And I looked to see if maybe like there was someone like pushing a cart down the hall or anything. And there was none of that. Like it was just completely empty. And, um, and so I asked my friend, do you hear that noise? And it was like, they just didn't even hear me talking either like they just kept sitting in silence like nothing was happening and it was weird because I couldn't tell which direction the sound was coming from because it felt like it was like inside of my head like it didn't have like a like a a source or anything but it just sounded like a door rattling and after I asked them that and they didn't respond. The sound got like even like louder and like more aggressive. And like, it sounded like they were really like pushing the door in. Like they weren't just rattling the door handle anymore. They were really like going at it, trying to open the door. And again, I was like, come on guys. Like, how do you not hear that? And like, I'm positive that I was talking and I was positive that I heard that sound. And again, they just like, didn't even acknowledge me like I was sitting right next to them talking to them and they did not it was like I didn't even exist and I was like in a different like dimension than them or something and like and then it got even louder and like more aggressive and I was like something I felt like something was like coming after me and like only me because I was the only one who heard it and I just like got up and like booked it out of there and like ran down like two flights of stairs down to the lobby and I was like freaking out. And um, and then my friend called me and she was like, where did you just go? Like, why did you just get up and run away without saying anything? And I was like, did you hear that noise? Like the, the door rattling noise. And she was like, no, what are you talking about? Like, it was just silent the whole time. And then you got up and ran away. And I was like, did you hear me like t- at least talking to you? And she was like, no, you didn't say anything. I think and you're a little I, like psychic or something. I don't know. It was, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. And like, I was so freaked out. Like, I don't know if I have, because I have experiences with um, like, like happy spirits, like my friends and family kind of like looking out for me. So, um, and I know like my parents are kind of doubtful of it, but um, like, I know that like, I definitely have experiences with them. So I don't know if I might be a little, but it well, was I'm just- looking up. Um, okay. So there's this article. Oh no, where did it go? This is from the Denver post. They're talking about it. It says um, this woman that worked at the front desk uh, said that she received frequent haunted complaints when she worked the front desk two rooms 
get an overwhelming number of reports, adjoining suites, room 302 Mm -hmm. and 304, perhaps because of the speculation that the hotel's famous suicides occurred around those locations, even though the suite numbers uh, were changed after a remodel. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's where we were. It was funny when um when I ran down to the lobby, um <laughs> there was someone at the front desk and they were just like, Are you good? Like they weren't even phased by the fact that I just ran down there freaked out because I probably <laughs> see it so often. Oh, uh, they're like, Oh, this again. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I can't even I can't imagine working at a, a haunted hotel like uh, no, I also don't yeah. ever want to stay at a haunted hotel. Wait, I'm going to look at pictures of this place. Ooh, okay, it looks spooky. It's like a mm-hmm. big brick building. I mean, it looks cool. Yeah. It looks nice, but it also like looks old and looks like it has lots of secrets in there. Lots of secrets. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like reading about the hauntings. Um, there's like there's a lot of different types of stories um there's a lot of people like seeing like full body like apparitions um at like the foot of their bed in the middle of the night oh no and like just like all all that like crazy stuff but I was like doing so much research seeing if anything had an experience like mine and I couldn't find anything well to me that sounds like your um some kind of channel or something i mean when you think about how you like physically got ill from that one room and then when you're at the stanley you had like physical feelings it seems like uh there's something going on there would you want to explore that more yeah. um it's like kind of scary to think about but um i think it would be definitely like interesting i honestly really don't know I mean, that seems like of all the different kinds of ways that you can have psychic abilities, I feel like that I could imagine that being very like draining, you know, if you're like really tapping into going places that make you ill or make you feel weird or dizzy or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, those are the only two um, scary experiences that I've ever had. But like, I have had a lot of just like really positive ones, like, like with, um, my Grammy and like with my friend and, um, like those are all just super like comforting to me. And, um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm good with just like having that in my life, but um, obviously it goes both ways. Thank you so much to our fabulous listeners, Molly, Moe, Jeremy, and Emily for sending us those ghost stories. And if you have a ghost story that you would like uh, to be a part of a listener episode, just uh, send me an email, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com, and make sure you put in the subject line, listener episode. You might have uh, another ghost story that you don't necessarily want to be on the show, but you might want me to read the show or you might just want to share it with me. You could certainly do that by emailing me or you could put it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or you could join our Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dressfeles. 
You can also find me on Instagram at Bras Dress for Less. I'm on Cameo, Bras Dress for Less. I am on Venmo, Queen Roz. Oh, gosh. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Pains Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.